Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil. This week, we have the honor of having a conversation with Sinead O'Connor. And she was born in 1966 and unfortunately just passed away earlier this year in July 2023. And for those of you who don't know who Sinead O'Connor is, she is an Irish singer. I think she's also maybe done a bit of acting and stuff too, but she was mainly known as a singer and with her iconic shaved head and unruly behavior and outspoken words. So it's quite funny how um, in reading her biography online, there's a lot of instances where she came out and said something very controversial and was always recanting it and taking it back and making apologies. So I think she is quite a fiery individual and just kind of says things without thinking a whole lot about it sometimes. I thought I would do this intro to shed a bit of light on some of the things we talked about during this episode. So at the beginning, Brandon and Vic talk a lot about astrology and her being very Scorpio. And of course, I don't really know what that means, but they do. So Vic looked into it and her chart, I guess, does match a lot of what her personality is or was like. So her Mercury is in Scorpio. So that's why so much of how she expresses herself is very Scorpionic in nature. Her moon is in Libra. So that's why this, you know, quest for justice and and needing balance and all these things. Her Venus, um, the sun and rising is in Sagittarius, which means lots of fire. And she was definitely a fiery individual. But um, I guess her chart actually does match what Vic was picking up on. So that's cool. So Sinead O'Connor was, I think, one of five children. Um, She was born in Ireland, and I think she had a pretty tough upbringing, was beaten by her mother. For bad behavior, she was sent off to a special school, and as punishment, Brandon talks about this, she just, uh, I think it was quite traumatic for her being sent to the old age home overnight. But I do believe that she started performing at the same place, and that's how she kind of got her musical legs and someone who worked at the home was related to someone in the music industry and that's how she got her start but she was only 15 years old and the band that she went and recorded with figured that she was just too young to be part of the band so she formed another band with some friends that she met and that's how they started uh, that's how her sort of rise to fame started and throughout her career she did many many collaborations with different artists Um, She was very outspoken politically, especially talking about, I think, you know, the government in England, um, also a lot of support for violence against women, women's rights, child abuse. That was a big one for hers, fighting against child abuse. And she did support a lot of different charities throughout her life and, and was always one for the big causes and trying to bring awareness to these different problems that she saw happening around her. We make reference to the song Black Boys on Mopeds. So I looked up what the situation around that was. And I guess some English policemen assumed that this young black kid had stolen the moped that he was riding. And so they started to chase him. And he ended up losing control of his moped, crashed it, and died. And it turns out that it was actually his own moped that he was riding. And so that's what that song is about. Have a listen to it. It's it's a pretty good song. And the other thing that 
I was wondering about is whether or not she was friends with Bjork, who's that Icelandic singer who is kind of crazy and out there and very, very artistic, but very cutting edge. And then it turns out that they actually were friends and they both as single mothers used to um, walk their children in the park together. So that's, I thought, really cool that they would get along and were friends. So Sinead O'Connor, listen to her music if you haven't yet. She put out some really wonderful stuff and she was performing and still putting out music up until close to when she died. So yeah, very long and interesting career. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. We're never sure how to pick the topic for an episode. And so we sort of talk back and forth a little bit. And this week, Brandon, do you want to talk about... I just had a feeling of somebody in England, and I thought of Freddie Mercury, and it kind of turned into somebody else. Sinead (laughs) O'Connor. We did have a request for Sinead O'Connor, so we thought maybe let's try that. I think the majority of our fans want (laughs) Sinead. Even though she's not English. Even though she's not English. I was more just thinking of somebody more recent. Again, I was I was expressing my thoughts, which is that I prefer doing people further back in the past because we have so little information on them. So anything that Victoria comes up with is is kind of, ooh, that's intriguing. Versus I think when we have more recent characters, it's more of a confirmation of what has already been written or what they've said. And, and, and there's not as much, say, mystery or curiosity around it just because it is just so well documented compared to the older ones at the same time i think um, sometimes when there's questions or just wanting to get to know someone a bit better it's like why not so we can do a more recent one this time and see how it goes and then next time we can do someone more ancient and see what comes up there sound good yep okay so we uh, would love to speak with Sinead O'Connor if she's willing to join us today. I don't know her astrology, but something coming to me is like a scorpionic kind of energy. What does that mean? Uh, I'd say someone who's like not afraid of the darkness. Like Scorpios can be quite... Um, direct and sharp you know they've got that sting in their tail but it's not that's more like their their shadow side whereas the light side of working with that energy is like their ability to transform or go to the depths be in the shadow be in the darkness and I I do feel a, a strong force come forward it's like this whoa powerful kind of statement person and I, I see like a a darker color, but a darker color in, in energy doesn't always have to be negative. It's just like a, a bold, strong, what would remind me of Scorpio? Yeah. I wonder if she was a Scorpio. And look it up. Where's your phone? Brandon's going to double check what her birthday is. It's like August. No. End of October to end of November. Like the 21st of October, 22nd of November. But also she could have other placements in her chart, like moon rising. Exactly. Yeah, she's December 8th. She's what? December 8th, Sagittarius. 
Well, maybe she has Scorpio elsewhere on her chart. I don't know. We can look that up afterwards. I guarantee she has Scorpio on her chart, yeah. But either way, everyone has every archetype within their chart. It's just some will be more prominent than others. Okay, what else? I sense now there's more of a freedom within her. Like, I see her moving freely, expressing herself. Like, I see her kind of dancing around, like, really, uh, what's that called? like interpretive dance where someone's like really expressing themselves physically through their body so it feels like she's having a good time with that and I get the sense that being in this life being human is just too much like containment for her and her spirit like she's so much bigger and bolder than this this vessel that she was in so it was always kind of uncomfortable like I can't fully be myself because the human experience doesn't make space for that. There's not enough space for being a human to be that version of myself. Or maybe being a human would, but the society we live in doesn't allow that. That's very interesting because I picture her as kind of being like that, like almost trying to break out of herself or... Like the image, I, I can see what you're saying based on like, you know, what footage I've seen of her. And I think she has a big personality. So how did her life as Sinead O'Connor compare to maybe some previous past lives? Because if her soul has that energy, how did it deal with it in the past? I wouldn't say it's the first time she's defied a system or a group of people or a society, the rebel archetypal energy comes to me. So what has it been like in past lives? It's kind of horrible, but I see like at some point her throat being slit mm. or, or beheaded, some kind of like pain from, from the neck. So no, no doubt she probably died countless times for being that version of herself, but I kind of want to say there that like she that didn't ever make her give up and stop being that version. It almost feels like it gave her more will to create change and transform something. There's this tra there's a transformation transformation energy that comes from her. What's the famous song that she her like most famous? What was it? Nothing compares to you. Is that a past life lyric thing? I don't know why I'm thinking that. Trying to see if she wrote that from her own experience. If it's the song I'm thinking of that I know the words to, I'm like, interesting. It's kind of like a love ballad, right? Mm -hmm. And it almost doesn't fit her to be this like mushy, dwelling on a guy kind of thing. But maybe there was a part of it that was like that. Let me see. It's like, as with anyone, there's a softer side to people. I think the perception is she's like this hard, hard shell that just wants to be a rebel. But actually underneath that, and same with Scorpio energy, they also have, they're a water sign. So they have emotions. So like as much as she would have had that like Sagittarius fire rebelliousness, if she's got water in there, then, then beneath that. And a lot of artists do um, are water signs because that's like the, the creative emotional bank in someone. I don't feel it's connected to a past life. If anything, I think it's this one. And 
perhaps a mixture of her experience and watching someone else experience something I don't know it'd be interesting to see because a lot of artists don't even write their own lyrics I mean maybe she did but um she did yeah but I don't think it's past life I think it's more a part of her but it's not all of her like she's not completely that that version of herself as with art it is usually a snippet of an emotion or an experience it's not the whole spectrum of who we are and what we've experienced how does she feel about her accomplishments speaking from the other side looking back on her life as Sinead O'Connor how does she feel about her performance as Sinead O'Connor in this life the first thing I hear is like well I got the job done which makes it sound a bit like not giving herself like the recognition for all that she did and more like it was just I'm here to do something and I'm gonna do it and I've done it which actually then brings me to her death and I get this feeling of I don't think she was actually meant to be here that much longer so perhaps she did die at the chosen time her chosen time um it doesn't feel like she needed to be here you know, until she's like 80, 90, she, she did a lot in her life that kind of ticked the soul boxes of, of what she needed to do. And, and a lot of people with those kinds of lives, their impacts, their lives are short because the impact is strong. So nobody needed to see her get old and, and continue with whatever it was she was doing. Like she did it. And what's it? So if she says, I got the job done and she ticked the boxes, what were those things? Yeah. <laughs> like speak the fucking truth shaking people up to see different things different perspectives also here like making people uncomfortable it kind of the word that comes to me is like weirdo I don't like that word that anyone would be like a weirdo there's something wrong with it but that's the perception some people may have had but she doesn't care about that it's like good the weirder the better the more people are gonna look at me and more likely they are to listen to me because they're staring at the weirdo and i think this might yeah. be helpful for me and those listening who might not know Sinead o'connor very well and this is for both you for victoria and sayo what are some things in her life that she did that stands out is it just is that did she sing i i just know that one song that's it did she have other hits i honestly don't know that much i just know that she was a controversial and she was born in ireland yeah so she was irish and i think she spoke out against england because there's that song black boys on mopeds <clears throat> i don't know that one that it's it's like England's not so wonderful. It's also the country that ki kills black boys on mopeds because there must have been some event that happened like that where the English government or the police or something killed these boys. Oh. And so she brought attention to that and to a lot of killing. She spoke out against the English regime, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there was like yelling and just being very outspoken. Whatever her personal feelings were, it's like everybody knew. And probably ruffled a lot of feathers. And she did something on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, right? That was controversial? I don't know. Oh, 
I was like, oh, maybe we should pause and look up these things. <laughs> um, okay, let's say, like, what is she most proud of having done, if you can, are able to see specifics? Like, what are the points in this life that she's most proud of in terms of what her mission was? I think it's more, well, what's coming to me, it's more on a personal level. Like, I see there's periods or pockets of kind of uh, deep loneliness um, and isolation and I feel a sense of personal pride that she managed to navigate that and not let it completely engulf her or swallow her I think there are points there where it could be easy for someone to take their own life or yeah make a rash decision because of how difficult that experience is so I see like personal pride in not um succumbing to that and like fully spiraling into the depths even though I feel like there were definitely periods where um she may have really struggled what were the hardest times in her life I feel like I'm getting a clear answer for that I don't know whether to keep trying or okay why why wouldn't you show me that no not getting an answer for that maybe she doesn't want to answer it hmm. what was her childhood like it kind of feels like that's one of those moments where it's almost like her soul is, is growing and developing or trying to like open up. But as a child, like everything's more stilted, almost like uh, repressed. And I guess growing up in Ireland as well, very Catholic, I'm sure that kind of added to the the dampening of and kind of suffocation of her as a, a soul. It's I almost feel like I don't have anything to say because my throat is like, I can't say anything at that time. I can't really. It's almost like I'm just existing and observing and like gathering information that's then like used as fuel when she's older and she she has the room. She's old enough to speak out. Yeah. So not a particularly happy childhood? No, not by her terms, I wouldn't say. I don't, my initial feeling wasn't like, oh, it's really joyous and happy, happy family life. I'm more, I more feel really uncomfortable and like stuck, almost like I'm in a straitjacket or something and, and like my mouth is covered and I can't, and I just want to like wriggle out, like, but I can't. And how did that all change for her? I don't know the exact history of this, but I sense there's a point where she she's old enough to to kind of leave and make her own decisions, but that would come with like probably disappointing a lot of people. But being able to get out of the place that she grew up in, meet new people. I, I sense there's like new people that come in and like, it feels like a group of weirdos or people who would fit who she is better. And there's almost this permission to be her more authentic self. But I feel like she got out of wherever she was, like geographically. Around what age? 16 was the first age that came to me there. But it feels like it could also be like a slight progression. Like 16, 21 is coming to me. 23. I think she was quite young when she got famous, right? Yeah. Be interesting to look it up. 
how did um yeah i think we should have this pulled up we can <laughs> look up things as we go yeah i'm just curious about how she became famous how did that all go down hmm. not getting a clear answer but let me look more so her debut album was 1987 she was born in 66 so 2021 Okay, my feeling there, it's almost like someone offers her a hand, like, of how she got famous, like someone sees her or recognises her, it feels like a male, older than her, who potentially, like, sees some kind of potential. Yeah, I'd be interested to know the answer to that, because it, it feels like and opening into a whole different world than what she's used to. But I see this person like inviting her into it. But then how did she get there? I think there were probably times as a teenager where she was a bit lonelier. I don't feel that like she didn't have any friends, but I think within like her um, community or family would have been like, I have to pretend to be someone I'm not. So things may have been kept more secretive. But I imagine her like writing her own lyrics or or already kind of being musical, but not wanting to do it in a way that it was being done, if that makes sense. Did she feel like she was, I don't know, chained to her or, or kind of like imprisoned by her, you know, growing up and all that and, and the way she was supposed to? I think we were just pretty much saying that, but yeah. Yeah, it felt like straight jacket, like I can't do anything. How big was freedom for her? Like, is was it huge? And was it like everything? I'm asking that for a reason. <laughs> My first thing is like Sagittarius, obviously. They want to kind of be free and spontaneous and go wherever they want. Yeah, it feels it just really important to not be contained It's like this feeling that spirit or energy should be able to flow freely wherever it wants, however it wants. But is that she's a number five numerology? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fives are the free number. That's their most favorite thing. Freedom and fun. Is she she a five? Yeah. Just like Brandon. (laughs) The best number. (laughs) I'd like to know who were the most important people to her in her life? This is random, but I wonder if she had a pet because I feel like <laughs> some kind of animal um, feels important. Who else? Um, I don't know her relationship history, but I, I sense there being someone there who there's like a really uh, strong like heart tie to or some kind of like sadness or pain there or that like tortured artist kind of feeling where you meet someone who you resonate with that on that level like you both have kind of this this darkness or depth within you um and that love can like be really deep and profound but I sense some pain there with it like it wasn't happy ending or anything but that person feels important and this is a romantic relationship yeah that's my sense I feel like she also would have had like a few good close friends, like genuine people that she could trust, but they probably would have come along like a bit later rather than during her childhood. 
yeah. Was she rather lonely in her life? Yeah, I think I said earlier that I felt like deep pockets of, of loneliness sometimes. Yeah. I think it is quite a lonely path in general, being that person. Unless you have people standing beside you that also have that level of confidence and are willing to be that bold and truthful it's always probably going to feel a little bit lonely because it's hard to meet people who are on that level with you um so even if people were supporting her they may not have been standing on the stage with her if that makes sense like willing to really step forward and and be that person too Hmm. i think that's an interesting point because i know that reading different you know, COVID dissidents, they always mention that it's been so special for them meeting other people that have also spoken out and are standing up to authority and that it is very lonely to be the person doing that. But in this day and age, there's social media, they can find each other, you know, they have that support a lot more more easily, I guess, than maybe 20, 30 years ago when Sinead O'Connor was famous and and causing all this ruckus yeah it probably would be really lonely because who else could you share that burden with Mm -hmm. or who else would understand what it was like like you can have the same feelings and and want to fight authority the way she did but not you know have the public blowback and pressure that kind of came along with that unless it's someone else that was doing the exact same thing like it makes me think a little bit of bjork was that that artist? Bjork from um, Iceland? Yeah, but she wasn't so hard-edged, but she was also a weirdo, <laughs> as you would say. I wonder if they were close or, I don't know, I think Sinead O'Connor is probably a lot more sort of, I think it's darker or heavier, maybe a bit Yeah, heavier. like I'd say there are a lot of people in history who are outspoken, but not so many that would be willing to directly challenge authority like yes they might have opinions but they wouldn't go and make like hit songs that completely trash the government or or whoever like she really had that fire to kind of burn things to the ground so i know that you know for her she was famous in her 20s and then i think when she died she was in her 50s so in that time, because to me, it seems like she sort of fell out of the spotlight a bit. Mind you, I haven't been living sort of in those parts of the world where maybe, you know, I'm sure she was still around. How was that for her, her later, like the last couple decades of her life? How does she feel about that time versus the younger time when the whole world was watching? I feel like quite different experiences. Like when she's younger, it feels more like finally I'm free and I can kind of do what I want, say what I want. So it's like this outburst. And I don't say outburst as necessarily a negative thing, but like the extreme contrast of being trapped and then saying everything. So I feel like there is some kind of um, neutrality in a way as she moves forward, but not in a way that she stops being that person, just that it becomes more channeled and and direct and she can pick causes or situations that she really wants to like speak out on and do something about 
so I wonder if she did any kind of voluntary or like charity or some kind of work with organizations that to use her influence but for things she genuinely cared about and believed in so that she she felt fulfilled she feels like she was fulfilled in those later years yes and I also sense this kind of uh a point this energy of feeling a bit lost I wouldn't necessarily always say lonely but like that floatiness of not really knowing where to plant her feet or what to really focus on. Like it doesn't feel very grounded and secure. So a sense of like directionally being lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. I think it's always hard for someone when you get all the attention when you're young and then what are you after that? You know, it's hard for, And I guess Madonna managed to do it, but to like keep reinventing yourself to keep the attraction or the interest of the public. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, I think she, even when she was older, she still had like the same shaved head. And yeah, I guess that's something I'm curious about. Did her views change or shift as she got older? I hear like what's wrong is still wrong. I don't know that her opinions changed on things, but I think maybe her method of doing things or like she was never not going to be that person seeking the truth or seeking the answers or trying to have like there be justice. Mm, yeah. Later on in her life, did she just kind of lose interest in creating and singing music or singing songs, singing music, doing being in that kind of industry or Did she always want to continue doing that before she died? It feels like music would always be in her heart because that's a, a method of expression. But I feel that maybe she needed that more when she was younger because, like I said, there's that contrast of feeling trapped when you're really young and then like, oh, let me fully use my voice, but let me go to the extreme with that. And then as she gets older, I don't feel that she needs to use it in that way so much so there's other methods she can use to speak up to be a advocate of of some kind of um belief yeah did she have yeah. a did she have a feeling that she was going to die like did she kind of know beforehand i'm not sure that she consciously knew but soul level 100% i feel like um high high likelihood that she chose to eject at that point and sh- and her soul would have known that yeah can you tell yeah. in her body what caused her death kind of feels like because she had agreed to die at this time that it's more like i don't know how this works in science terms but like that your body would just stop so you know some people would have a heart attack or something but i know that cause of death wasn't found oh, you know yeah. yeah it wasn't clear so it kind of just feels like a snap gone rather than she let me tune into her like mental health at the end she doesn't come across as someone because when some people die and, and they've died of suicide or they're in real mental health crisis at the end you can feel their energy is like scattered um like i think we've seen in previous readings 
with people but like you, you can tell there's something not right but she's coming through quite clear which for me contributes to the the idea that or backs up the idea that it was like a chosen death and it's not some kind of um suicide or or accidental overdose or anything because she feels her system feels quite clear Hmm. um i'm curious to find hear more about where she's right now because you said she's joyful and dancing and running around so what's going on over there right now feels kind of like a learning she's in like a learning space but more so that I see her as potentially being the teacher so it feels like she goes to earth and has all these like wild experiences and then gets the opportunity on the other side to share that with other souls it almost feels like some kind of training ground for people to like channel their fire as humans yeah I kind of see it as like a, a training boot camp or something that's cool. I like that idea. We need more fire down on earth. Yeah. <laughs> what was her experience like after, from the moment she died? I feel that it was very peaceful. I don't feel that she left and, and was kind of lost floating or wondering where she was. I think it was like immediately peaceful, being welcomed home. But what did she see what she needed to look at as well? See, some people, I feel like they need a lot of time to recover when they go over there, but she seems quite resilient and like she'd be able to bounce back quickly. I think because she's experienced this so many times and compared to previous lives, this one really wasn't that brutal. So her resilience is very, yeah, very strong. So I don't feel like she needed too much time to like recover or recharge. I think she's quite quickly like back to it. But there's always going to be a process like spirit would never not let you have the process of going through your life or reviewing it in some type of way. Like that always has to be done. It's just that like the self-healing that varies in, in length, depending. Was she surprised yeah. when she passed away? No, it's like, oh, I'm here again. Okay. Yeah. Anyone in particular she was reunited with? I was just going to ask that. I feel that she has a, a guide that's very, very close to her. And I see them like linking arms and then walking forward. So this is a guide that would have worked very closely with her in this life. And I see them as being like a hooded character. Again, that doesn't have negative connotations at all. But they stay close to her. And they, they walk her forward. I'm trying to see at what point anyone else comes in. I mean, naturally, she probably would have also reunited at some point with, like, her earthly family, because chances are they are part of your soul family. I wonder if the person I mentioned earlier, like, the romantic relationship, if this person was already passed. Because I do sense there would be some kind of acknowledgement there. I really want to look this up now. Um <laughs> But it's also potential that if they haven't passed that, you know, you can meet with their higher self, um, like your souls would reunite, but their human self wouldn't be back yet. But there is there's time for for healing for those emotional, because she, she did go through a lot. Like their, 
yes, she had the strength and the resilience to make it through this life, but again, coming back to that softer side that not everyone really saw, that bit needs some love and care as well. Like the, the stuff that's really in the heart, like the, the raw human experience that she couldn't avoid. Um, what does she have to say about her children? The first thing I hear is like, they'll be okay. I don't know anything about her children. See, then I feel her turn more into like a big glowing golden light. It's like her energy transforms then. And it's a whole different version of her. Like that energy has a capacity to like engulf or cover or be sent wherever it needs to go. So it's like she has this ability to like shape shift her energy and still kind of have an influence with whoever might be left here that would need something from her. Like it's just she transforms into this different loving golden energy that will come through. Yeah. And then so she's teaching <laughs> she's teaching some souls. She's feeling free being out of her body. What's next? What's she planning next for her soul's journey? First thing I hear is that I'm going to take a little break. I don't feel there's any rush for her to come back. And then I'm drawn to think about the kind of the upheaval and transformation that's being made possible now in current times. I'm like, does she need to be here for this? And I think, no, she doesn't feel like she necessarily needs to be here for this. Yeah, this part of the human world um, or mm. earth experience. I sense that there's only so much one person can do and she she would have done enough. Like she would have appealed to a generation or generations that that would then have a knock-on effect to now. Like there's so many people who respect her and admire her for all that she did and they're still like she inspired people to act in a similar way. So like, that's her gift. She doesn't necessarily need to come back down anytime soon and continue with that. Her legacy lives on through other people. So funny. I had that in, that phrase in my head, her legacy lives on. And you said it word for word. That's so funny. Wow. Yeah. Um, so Brandon's been reading up a little bit. What have it's you found crazy. Out? Tell us. Her childhood was nuts. Yeah, she would have been depressed. I don't know. Do you want me? Yeah, tell us. Well, I mean, this is, you know, she was, Wikipedia. Uh, she version. was beaten. She was abused. From what I've read, she left at age 15 young, like you said. So it could have been late 15. That's probably why you got 16. Uh, she was apparently abused by her father, you know, and, and mother. Mother, she said, beat her, like, a lot. And she was sent away to a, a facility for 18 months for like bad kids. And she said when you were bad there, which she was every so often, they would send her upstairs into a darkened room where people were literally dying. She said it was the most scariest part of her life. And these are older people that were, she said she could smell the throw up, the shit, <laughs> all the stuff like that. And, um, and that was punishment for the kids. They'd have to go up there and be, and she said the the people were dying and moaning and all this stuff is a is an old folks home where or like a nursing home where she'd be sent to, but that's as far as I got. That's crazy. That's horrible. 
I noticed it said that she has <clears throat> four children. Four children. It can also explain that childhood can explain how, why she had so many marriages. <laughs> she had a lot of marriages. Yeah. Any of them die? That's what I'm looking for right now. I just have a feeling that someone close to her would have at least at least one person committed suicide. Oh, there was. Wasn't I, there? I think one of her children. I think one of her children committed suicide. But we're, I'm not sure. I'm looking. She's married a third time. I see that. Obviously, I didn't pick up on the specifics of her childhood, but the, the feeling oh, yeah. of like being in a straitjacket makes me think of like, well, she literally was trapped and controlled. In 2022, her 17-year-old son committed suicide. I think that really shook her. I don't know that she ever got over that. I don't know that you ever do, but... Hey, she had a relationship with Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers in the 90s. Oh. <laughs> Vic, do you have any questions? Yeah, do I? Um, I just feel really grateful to get to meet her and give her a moment to share. I might just see if there's anything she wants to voluntarily say or talk about. I hear her saying like about her son, don't worry, he's with me now. So anyone that's concerned of like that effect on her or him like i i sense they're together and, and they're fine i also felt earlier there's probably some apologies that she'd want to make to her children it doesn't feel like they're apologies that need to publicly be made though so hopefully her children would get those messages at, at the right time from whoever but I do sense this like motherly kind of mother hen energy from her. And it's that golden light that wants to like span over the people she loves and the children she cares about and, and like kind of engulf them in that, like wanting to protect them. Is that, this is weird. Is there anyone on there who's got like the name Finn? Um, I'll look. Yeah, you look. Cause that, I don't know why that name's coming to me. Converted That's to right. Islam. That's right. What? And she said that anybody who's not a Muslim is disgusting. <laughs> Jeez. She and she com she tried to commit suicide on her thirty third birthday. Didn't obviously work. So Finn. Yeah, I don't know why that name's coming to me. Anything else? It feels like if you grow up in that chaos, it's it's understandable that at least some of that would follow you into adulthood. So of course she had darker times or maybe wasn't the best human or mother that she could have been. But underneath it all, I do feel like there's genuine love and care for the people around her, but maybe that she wasn't always able to express it in a healthy way. So like, on a personal level, there may have been quite a bit of like chaos or emotional volatility. Um, but again, like, you know, that suicide attempt, like I feel like that that pride from earlier comes back of like, but I made it out of that. She didn't succumb to it. But I also feel a piece at like dying at that young age, which, you know, is horrible for children to experience, but I think it's like a little bit I couldn't take anymore and a little bit I've done enough. I did all that I could. That makes sense. 
I'm curious about this uh, conversion to Islam. Is there anything she wants to say about that? I hear like religion is just a way of expressing what you believe in or or a I see it as almost like putting on an outfit. It's like a way to kind of wear your beliefs, being religious. That's what she's seeing being religious as. So at some point she's identified with Islam and she's like, oh, I'm going to wear that as a symbol of, I agree with the beliefs that are there. That's interesting because shortly before she converted to Islam, it was a kind of a political belief she had about how Israel was harming Palestine. And so she was outspoken on that. And and a couple of years later, she converted to Islam. So that, that kind of maybe ties into what you're saying about her thoughts well, on religion. I could also see that she would have a lot, like not be happy with the Catholic religion. Yeah. If she was so controlled by it growing up. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel that she's the kind of person who would go to the extreme. So if she believes in that cause in with Palestine and Israel, then she's going to go to the extreme of almost being wanting to be the person on the front line fighting. Like, if you care about something, you go full force into it. That's her energy. Like, you you become that person, you become one of them to stand in solidarity with them or to, she's not one of these people that's just like, well, I mean, there's people now doing it with the same situation, Israel, Palestine, like, oh yeah, I believe in this, and that, but they're doing it from the other side of the world in a safe space, you know, they, they have an opinion, but they're not actually living that opinion or belief. Whereas she was like, all right, let's do this. Let me become that person and let me really stand with what I believe in. So it's a little bit of a political statement. Yes, and yet I I don't know if she did it as a political statement. I think partly there's definitely like a bit of her that really wants to ruffle feathers and she knows she can, she knows how to do it. But also, I don't think she'd do that for something that she didn't genuinely believe in. Was she happy with her choice to be Sinead O'Connor? Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if she has any wisdom to impart to us here on this side, now that she's on the other side. There's something there about, like, um, extreme creates it more extreme. So... For example, like her childhood was very extreme. So it's natural that her reaction to that would have been extreme as well. So I feel like the the message there is kind of like people who are being really extreme now, it's likely that some kind of trauma or something has happened to them before that of an extreme that's made that continue. It doesn't mean that if you had a more peaceful upbringing that you can't instill real change now or do something. It's just that it's likely to come out in a different way. So it's like people are products of their upbringing. What else with that? But not everyone needs to be that extreme version. 
I feel like sh- she can accept that there are mistakes that she made or choices she perhaps would have done a bit differently now that she can look at it from more of a soul level. So it's like people don't need to copy her exactly and be that extreme challenger or you know she's the kind of person that I would see like tying herself to a building or a tree to stop something from happening or she would starve for days because she believed in something she's that kind of person like she goes to those lengths I think she's saying that not everyone needs to do that it's so it's hard it's almost like that's her nature but also she can see now being on the other side that some of her behaviors or characteristics were more like shadow side things that could have done with a bit more balance but also she was meant to be this rebellious person so yeah is there something that Sinead O'Connor's higher self or soul would have told Sinead O'Connor to relax about while she was alive it's a weird question (laughs) the relaxed part (laughs) Well, we are in a continual dialogue with our higher selves constantly. So I'm sure there were messages that were coming through, but whether she got them, let's see. I feel that it can be very easy for her to spiral um, and then kind of fall victim to her volatile emotions. So it's like there could have been periods where she lashed out at people or was kind of, I don't know if I want to say violent, you know, whether it be emotionally or physically. Um, so I sense her higher self would have kind of tried to talk her down at that point of you can have emotions, emotions is good to express them, but be careful of where and who you're channeling them to in what way. What's Sinead's advice to us as a soul, Sinead? What's her advice to us living in these times? Mm-hmm. Here, like a, it's an extreme continuation of her times. So a lot of what was repressed then or or kept under wraps is like coming out now. So she was working in a time where less people would have believed her. If she did that now, she'd have so much more support. So I think it's like we can use her as inspiration. Um, you know, look at the things that she fought for, have a little dig and and not just her, actually, she's saying, not just her. There's many people who've spoken up in the past, like look at the people who've either been assassinated or repressed. What were they saying? Because they're probably the things that people wanted to hide. And it's almost, I get the feeling that like, if Sinead had been a politician or someone not saying with more status because she did have it, but she's the kind of person who would be assassinated if she were in a different line of work. So look at the people from the past who have had a similar energy to her. And not not even they didn't have to be like that rebellious, but just people who who've spoken up and like look at what they were saying. Take a second look at things you might have. Um, doubted or shunned in the past yeah and I was hearing just recently that 
Yeah, anytime something is suppressed or pushed down, then you can pretty much assume that it's true. That what they're saying is they're trying to get truth out. Because if a crazy person's just spouting about whatever, nobody cares. But if there's truth being spoken and it's going to affect someone, then they care and they'll try to shut that person up. Yeah, there's a reason for things to be hidden. Yeah, suppression yeah. only comes when someone's afraid of the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something more to say about where we are now and what's going on. It's like she has loads of opinions about conflict that's going on right now or like where we are going moving forward but it's almost like she has to stop herself from getting involved so I don't want to force her or which I can't force her but ask her to speak any more on that her focus is more on like look at what's already happened to direct you now rather than getting stuck in what's happening now because in the future we'll probably look back on this time now and find wisdom there so it's like more wisdom can be found in the past than it can in like the chaos of what's happening right now. So try to take lessons from past events and actually apply them now, even though nobody wants to do that. <laughs> it's like, it's different this time or yeah. I mean, it's so dismissed, but it's like, you can see we're repeating a pattern and we know how it ends. And yet everybody's running to the cliff edge anyways. Yeah. It's an interesting question. How do you stop going over the cliff? More spe- people speaking reason, I guess, or? Yeah. Yeah, it's like when there's a group or two groups are so convinced of their realities. So, and you can look at that on micro or macro, like, I'm going to put it on micro. Let's say, okay, someone is a Republican, someone's a Democrat or whatever. And you're so like staunch in your belief. You're like, this is true. This is true. You can just talk for days and days on end, but if you can't like penetrate that, neither of you's willing to like meet in the middle or create something new, then you're never going to get anywhere. Like, so we can keep having these arguments of like what's right and what's wrong or which side is true. But if everyone's so rigid in their beliefs, then you're just just never going to move anywhere. Like you're not going to make a dent in anything. I feel like I've forgotten my original point there. I think it's just that we're going to have to go over the cliff and it's whether or not you can step aside from it maybe and not go over the cliff with them. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. It's it's a hard one. It's like, what? where is the way out if no one's willing to create a new way out? Yeah. But Brandon watched something today with a near-death experiencer and everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> Well, hold on to that then. the world is gonna work out just fine soon too maybe in her lifetime she said yeah maybe within the next couple decades so we have that to look forward to according to her yeah <laughs> right <laughs> well i want to thank Sinead for coming and chatting with us i think it was actually very cool and yeah. it was neat to hear more about her and it is inspiring It is inspiring when someone is willing to take the fallout that you get from speaking out and speaking up because so many of us are not prepared to sacrifice what you end up needing to sacrifice to do that. And yet, like she said, it, it, you know, she's planted a seed that has grown to 
there's probably so many people out there that are acting differently because of some something she did in her lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think she's definitely like a inspiration for a lot of women. Because as a woman, she was like such a rebel and so fiery and passionate about things that I think it's given a voice for women to continue that and not be so afraid and be like, cool, she can do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the visit. (laughs) Yeah. Any final comments from anyone? No. No. Great. Well, I hope you guys all enjoy this episode and we will see you next time. Bye for now.